You are listening to Austin's Laundry, a podcast for the curious. This is where we give the scoop on Austin's creative scene, our city's small founded businesses, and discuss the culture that makes Austin so incredibly influential. My name is Elliot James, and I invite you to join me in discovering the new world behind creating and supporting small business and how tapping into one's passion can affect and build a community. Without further ado, let's get started. Guys, what's up? My name is Elliot James, and on today's episode, we have Kyle Odeon, who's the owner and founder of Owning Texas Real Estate here, based out of Austin, Texas. What I love about this episode is you can feel the passion that Kyle has for helping other people succeed, but he also believes that these are things that anybody can achieve with the right mindset and strategy. Let's jump into the first question when we asked about if a new person were to enter the work space, what are some things they should be prepped for if they wanna be a top producer? You guys ready? The reality is that you really do have to get in there and have some small successes. You know, you don't go to college to learn. You go to college to learn how to learn. And then you get on the job. Then there's this reality check. And if you want that instant gratification or your expectation is that somebody above you is going to, you know, you know, just say, hoorah, you just change the coffee filters. You know, in other words, you haven't really contributed yet. Then then your expectations are wrong from the beginning. I, I think there's going to be a real reset in our, our economy and in a real reset in the expectations of uh, young Americans to be top producers. So, okay. I, so I feel like there's, there, there's two different pools. Where There's definitely the pool where a lot of individuals may feel like they want things easy. But then there's also another really interesting select group of people that you see emerging. And they're people that start off with no money or maybe they get funding, but they have an idea and they get a team and they create a company, whether they're creating a product or whether they're creating a piece of software. And I feel like there is this huge push towards entrepreneurship because right now entrepreneurship is sexy. Everybody wants to work for (laughs) themselves. So with there being that pull towards entrepreneurship, the segue into, into introducing Kyle Odeorn, um, is, is really asking, Kyle, where did the pull to be an entrepreneur, where did that come from? You know, I've, I've always had that inner drive of A plus personality type of thing. I've always, there's been no effort or no issue associated with work ethic. I've always been a hardworking guy. But you know, uh, working in the high tech industry for 20 something years, I never really created any kind of passive or residual income. Mm-hmm. You know, patents and and all kinds of great success it was all good but at the same time i realized that moving forward i wanted to own my own company and you know talk is cheap you know if you haven't created passive income in your life then you really got to challenge what your security truly is and you know if you really look at the people that have and haven't some are watchers and some are doers so i just made the decision to make the decision right so whenever you talk about creating systems for passive income, Kyle's story backs up a little bit regarding whenever in the 80s, Kyle in the 80s, um, you were working for some of the biggest tech companies in the nation. And you decided to leave those tech companies to create your own real estate company, which is here based out of Austin, Texas. One thing that's fantastic about Kyle is he helps people buy their first home and he helps people buy up to... 500 bank foreclosures. Yeah, we've done hundreds of hundreds of uh, different type of investment properties and hundreds of auctions and a lot of real estate that is. Yeah. But it's just, it's very, 
my passion, if you will, to be that educator, to be someone who adds value to someone's life, not just for a transaction, but more for the way they think to be able to achieve just iterative things. It's like building a house. You have a foundation. That's called education, right? And then you start adding the bricks. You just do it one little brick at a time. And if you add to that, you will build that house. The, the same thing applies to becoming an investor. If you never get started, you're just a watcher and you don't deserve the rewards of being an investor and having that passive income and having something to work on and so forth. So there's some of the times it's just a, a way of getting somebody to believe in themselves. And I feel like the educational piece of that, plus it's what we do every day. We do it quite well. That's put those things together and things happen and people are successful. So you were talking about changing the way that people think. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe let's use the example of you have a first time home buyer and they come in and maybe they want to buy a house. They're not quite sure. And let's just say that there's a set of limiting beliefs that they have, but they feel like they want it. They feel like they want to try to buy their first property. How do you help change the way people think to make them feel like they can obtain that goal? You know, it, does, it doesn't take much. It's like, it's like this paradigm shift. You just twist somebody's <laughs> brain just enough to help them think outside of their normal box because they've been thinking the way that they've grown up. Yep. Maybe their primary influencer did or didn't buy a home, but uh, they, they want to differentiate themselves in their uh, to maybe make themselves look proud to that primary influencer. But the kicker is simply this. If you can help somebody ask intelligent questions, just ask good questions to good, solid people around you, then you can make better decisions. That's really, really elementary. But sometimes you have to help people get to that point. And uh, it may be writing the, asking the right questions to see if you qualify. And if you don't qualify, what do you need to fix in the next year? to be at where you can have that success. Absolutely. It's just an iterative process, and sometimes you have to start at the very beginning. So you were talking about having a, a primary influencer. There's, there's primary influencers that we have in our life that affect how we act to some, to some degree. Um, was there a primary influencer in your life that you took certain habits or maybe, maybe a parent, maybe a brother? Well, you know, my, my father was a uh, scout leader. Okay. And he got many dozens of scouts to the Boy Scout, including myself and my brother. Okay, So we were part of that scouting family, constantly going hiking and camping and canoeing. So there was a lot of, of great community awareness and giving back to the community. Yes. And as an investor, you can do the same thing. You know, if you have a portfolio of homes, uh, you have that passive income, it gives you a little freedom to be able to give back. So investment's not just about a, a profit and loss statement. It's not about ROI, return on investment. It, it has to do with helping other people as well. And that's probably one of the most gratifying things to give back to the community and improve uh, the community that you live in. That's that's amazing. So, so with, with your dad and your mom and, and, and those primary influencers, um, once again, were there things that you saw in them? You know, your dad was a scout leader. Was it just his personality trait that you're like, hey, I want to be like my dad or, hey, my dad has really high standards for me and I need to try to, to reach those standards? What I've realized in time is, you know, you live your life by a light and there's a light in front of you and you take step on that light and there's another light and you step on that. You go in the right direction. Now, my dad was also a small-time investor, and until the point he got to the point where he's building, uh, you know, apartment complexes and things like that. So he did, he did some investments himself. I was around that. I bought my first home a few days after I turned twenty. It just it just kind of like step by step by step, 
you then have a solid retirement with passive income. Yes. So one question that I'm sure a lot of people instantly have, or at least I know that whenever I first started thinking about creating my own business is whenever I hear that somebody bought their first house whenever they were 21, or I hear that your dad built some apartment complexes, I would instantly think, did you have money? Did you start off with a silver spoon? Um, was, was that the case? No, not even close. My dad, um, he, he had a lot of medical problems and he died at the age of 57. So, you know, he was uh, very successful in my eyes in terms of, you know, his contribution to the community, five children. But, uh, you know, he worked for the government and didn't hardly make enough to get, you know, pay the bills. We were a very poor family, quite honest with you. I think that if you really focus on teaching your children by what you do instead of what you say, then you'll give them the direction and the vision of, of being great and being responsible for their own security. That's that's basically what I teach. And I feel like that also really falls in line with like being an entrepreneur is you have these set of ideals, these goals, these things that you want to try to achieve. And you try sometimes you don't have a parent that you can look towards. Sometimes it's you're watching YouTube. Sometimes you're listening to a podcast. Sometimes it's it's your friend's brother that has achieved this thing. Do you find that it's important to have those role models to look towards? Yeah, no, coaching, mentorship, um, role models it is really critical, and it, it can't be all done on videos and podcasts and YouTube's and Facebook. It just it can't. You got to get to where there's a relational thing, and there there's some contact in terms of you know building a solid relationship. And it doesn't have to be your brother, uncle, cousin. It, it could be someone else that you admire. And all you have to do is ask. If you ask someone to say, hey, can you mentor me on this? You've done this before. You know, it's, it's like a lot of things. I go out and survey an, uh, an idea of what, what resources I have around me. Because uh, you want to leverage those resources to get you to the finish line in a quicker way. Why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. <laughs> So last week, no, 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 no. And I, I totally understand that. I feel like a lot of times I try to reinvent the wheel and I'll spend so much time prepping and planning just because I feel like there has to be a better way. And sometimes just having, having help is immensely important. Um, we were talking last week about problem solving. And I feel like this is something that a lot of small business owners run into where they all hit a problem, whether it's in the curation stage, you have an idea that you want to try to create a business or you've started that business and now you're trying to figure out how to do payroll or, or little things that are quite challenging. So regarding problem solving, can you kind of break down some things that you would do or that you have done that help you get past that problem? Absolutely. One of the things you asked me is like one of the most important things to be an entrepreneur and that is problem solving. Okay, you, yeah. you want to be a problem finder, you want to be a problem solver, right? It's almost like, do you want to be a doer, you don't want to be a watcher. You, you want to be a doer, and in order to do something, you've got to do it in a, in a logical way. Otherwise, it might be just a shotgun approach that may or may not could create results and probably very inefficient. So step number one is to have the vision. You, uh, you define the problem, but you also have to look past that. Look to the vision of what that problem looks like when it's solved. You may not have a clue on how to get there, but just get into a visualization of something that takes you inside your body and your mind and your soul, and you just are passionate about this, and you can just high-five it. You're like, I, I see the vision. I'm going to solve this problem. Okay? Yep, yep. So that, that idea of, of imagining is very powerful because that creates the initial momentum 
Okay. And you're going to need that momentum, and you're going to need to keep that momentum from start to finish. Okay. Yep. Number two, this may be more of a technical term, but I call it a theory of operation. If you have a spark plug and you have gas that goes into a motor and you don't know how the gas gets in and you don't know when the spark plug's going to fire, you don't know the theory of operation of a motor. How are you going to troubleshoot it? Well, let's say you're trying to start a business and you got a problem to solve. Well, you better understand the theory of operation. And today that you're just immersed with so much social media, so much information coming from whether they're reliable sources or not. Okay. And so this theory of operation is a very important part for you to sit back and write down and, and understand before you even start to put together a plan. Planning comes a little further. And some people say, oh, I got a great plan. I'm going to cross the river. Well, they get halfway across the river and they go, oh, that plan wasn't so good. Now what do you do? Yep. Okay. You may not make it back to either side, right? Yep. So the next thing is what I mentioned a second ago is leverage your resources. Well, how do you do that? You survey your resources. Take a moment, write down, you know, this is a great book that pertains to this. This is a mentor that, that I like. In other words, look around you and figure out what your resources are associated with that problem. The word, when I said leverage your resource, the word leverage is key. Most people okay. in the real estate business, they think of leverage as, you know, I'm going to get this loan from the bank for about 80%, then I'm going to pay the other 20% or yes. something to that matter, right? Yes. They think of financial leverage or a startup a venture, that type of thing. But leverage could be that super intelligent person that you ask those intelligent questions for and get that information back and build that relationship so they can assist with your business, assist with your solving the problem, Okay. So leverage comes in multiple factors there, multiple vectors of what I call that. Okay. Now, now you're just like, hmm, I'm about time for me to write down a plan. Well, immerse yourself in it. You know, do the research. Immerse yourself into solving and understanding everything about that. And then when you write down the first plan, guess what? It's not going to be the best plan. Sorry. <laughs> it's just your review. Like, oh, here it is. Well, that's probably needs to be reiterated a few times, though. So. Yes. And then sleep on it. Okay. Look at what is good. You know, I really did this well. And, and celebrate that. But also recognize and be truthful yourself what, what things that you made a mistake on because you learn from your mistakes. Yes. Okay. So was there a person, because you said leverage your resources, look to people that are smarter than you that have the answer. Can you remember a person you reached out to when you said, hey? Oh, I'll tell you. I have a, a little yacht project, re re rebuilding yes. uh, a 1973 Chris Craft Commander yacht. Okay? Yes. And the person's Dave. He's my boat partner. And we have to solve these problems all the time. But we sit back and look at the usage model. We look at the environment. We look at the safety. We look at all the things associated with that given problem. And then we fabricate a solution. You know, it might include custom software. It might include a bunch of things. But we've defined the scope of work in such a way that we know that we have a good solution to the problem. I want to get back to, back to the fact that you said that you were restoring a 1973 yacht. That's a huge undertaking. Um, and I've, I've known Kyle for going on 10 years now. But whenever you told me that you were restoring a boat, that's, that's a huge undertaking. Has there been any mental shifts or have you learned anything about life or business through this passion project? Yeah, life. Uh, you know, um, you don't get any younger, but you got to figure out sometimes how to push through. When things okay. are really, really hard or it's really hot or the, the resources aren't there, but you're trying to, to, 
to solve that solution or to get to the finish line. Yes. You've got to push through. And remember me talking about the initial momentum mm-hmm. that you get when you visualize the, solving the problem. This is before you even figured it out, right? Yes. And you, you know you can solve it. You've got that momentum. You believe in yourself. You believe in your team. You're going you're gonna to be the leader of this new solution. Well, guess what? That's when you have to dig deep and grab that momentum and keep the momentum going. Because once you lose the momentum, it takes a whole lot more energy and effort to get it even close to where it started, right? So the, that, that's a good point. Make the momentum of your team and the problem solving for the solution of the your business or whatever you're doing, right? Yes. Make that, keeping that momentum, make that a part of your plan. So a lot of times we get so wrapped up in our career, even if we want to create a business or we want to join a team that we're really hyper passionate about. Whenever you have, though, I feel like a, a little passion on the side, something that you do not just to further your career, I feel like it allows you to maybe think about problems a little bit differently? Yeah, no, I'll tell you something. Having a, a group of people that are maybe outside of work that's your camaraderie, that's really key in life to keep that alive. Yep. And that's what the that's what the Yacht Project is all about. I love it, man. I love it. Wrapping up, just a couple quick questions about if you were to give any other advice for someone who is currently in a nine-to-five and they either have a plan to try to start a business or they just want to join something else that they like a little bit better because they're not that excited about what they're currently doing. Um, are there suggestions that you have whenever people feel stuck like that in their career? Well, you know, don't be complacent. For instance, if you don't like where you are and you think that you can actually achieve better greatness somewhere else, whether it's entrepreneurial or doing your own thing or working with another company, constantly looking for that. That's a full-time job to be looking for a job. Okay, so you have to allocate some time with you and your family to say, I'm going to be working this and I'm going to dedicate some time for this every day. Again, even if it's little micro steps, even if it's you're laying one brick a day, eventually you can build the house. Okay, so in, in the same thing with starting your own company, you know, you may not have all the resources, all the answers now, but lay one brick at a time until you're done. Absolutely, man. Um, if anybody were to try to find you, are there places where people can find you online? Any? This is your chance to kind of do a plug real quick. Sure, sure. Uh, my name is Kyle. <laughs> I uh, own a company called Owning Texas Real Estate, LLC, and we have a website, owningtexas.com. And, of course, my email is kyle at owningtexas.com. So that's probably the best way to reach out if you want to set up a consultation uh, to talk about what your specific strategies are or why you haven't done the investments that you think you should have, we'll change that. We'll make it where make things very actionable and get you into the world of real estate investment in Central Texas. Awesome. Kyle, thanks for coming, man. Appreciate you.